Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hello, movie lovers. And... Welcome to my podcast. This is John DeGorio, as always, and I just want to go on ahead and talk about why do studios keep re- remaking remakes and unnecessary sequels when they're worse than the original movies or the or doesn't measure up to the first movie. Then I'm also going to talk about live action Disney remakes and multicultural casts, and also I'm going to I'm also going to talk a little bit about the aerial casting once again because this has just been something that's been on my mind a little bit. So I just want to go on ahead and talk a little bit more about it because I didn't really get into debt like I really wanted to with the first segment. So this is like part two of that last topic of what I talked about last time. But, so my initial thoughts for why keeping why do studios keep making remakes and unnecessary sequels for simple? The simple answer to that is, is the fact that we forget as fans... That's, this is a multi-billion dollar company. Companies want to make money. In order for them to say that, they, that we want to see more is by the money that we actually bring into the movie theater. That gives them a reason to make a, make a sequel. And another thing, too, that I don't really get is the fact that, you let's say Zoolander, for example. It was 20 years ago, whenever that movie came out, when, and then all of a sudden... Years later, they decided to make Zoolander 2 when really they should have made Zoolander 2 a year after that movie, not 20 years after that. To me, whenever you wait for a sequel long enough, the hype dies down, it doesn't flow as well, the nostalgia is not really there, it's rather forced than actually being funny, you're trying to fit in stuff that you wish that you would have fit into the first movie, then you're trying to pile that on top of that, and it just doesn't work itself out. Another thing, too, is I don't care about the fact that I get a sequel out of something that I'm actually, that I would actually enjoy, but at the same time, though, it's like, am I really going to enjoy it like I did the original movie? Is the nostalgia going to be there? Is it going to be forced? Is it going to be the laughter like I wanted to? Or is it going to be on this level, too? Is this movie going to scare me like the original movie scared me? Am I going to be involved with the cast like I was before? Am I going to be invested in the time and effort into the plot? Is everything going to flow well? We don't know. We don't know if it's actually going to flow well or not. 
all we're going to do is spend our $20 or however much it costs for each person to go to a movie theater in the United States. But we are going to spend our hard-earned money to go out to see a movie and hopefully it will be good. If not, the movie will bomb. That tells the studios, okay, we're not going to make these movies anymore. We're going to move on to something else. But however, word gets out that the movie was good. It creates hype. Hype creates more people going into the theater. And more people in the theater means box office numbers, which also means that they want to do a sequel to it. And that's something else, though. Just because a movie makes a ton of money does not necessarily mean it's actually good. You know? Because I've seen crappy movies that were actually number one. And I'm like, this was number one at the box office? Why was this even number one? And I would even question it in its integrity and everything else. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. This movie is not that great. I know all movies are subjective. But it's just me thinking about why is this even getting a, a sequel to it? Why is this even happening? Why was this movie even made? And I just don't understand the fullness of that whole entire thing. Then, as I mentioned before, with remakes, I don't care if a movie is remade. I still have the original movie on the shelf. It doesn't do anything to my childhood. I can't stand people that go, oh, you ruined my childhood. No, they didn't. They made a new movie that came out that's for the new generation. But if you still like the original, you can go back and watch it, on, pick it up off your DVD rack or your digital movies. You can go in here, pop that back in, and you can still enjoy the whole movie in its full context that you actually viewed when you went to the movie theater. And... You know, I get the fact, too, that some people are saying that studios are running out of ideas. Here's the thing. There are original movies out there, and they don't do well. Because people are more invested into the comic book movies and everything else. Do you know why we're... I'm I'm putting myself in the minority, too, that I'm also invested in comic book-based movies because I'm a comic book fan. But... Here's the thing. People want to invest their money into something that they already know rather than something that's unknown. So therefore, a movie, an independent movie might not get that much buzz because of this other movie actually overshadowing it. Therefore, people feel more comfortable because they know the characters, they know the setup, they know what they're getting themselves into, and they don't know what they're getting themselves into with an unknown property. That's how I look at it. That's my own personal opinion about how I feel about it. But still, everybody has an opinion. But, as far as remakes go, it don't bother me. As a matter of fact, I love the Stephen King's It remake. And I know that some people don't, didn't really like it. But I felt like it held true to the book, to the source material. Yeah, it didn't take place in the 60s. They changed it up to the 80s. I was okay with that. Because, let's be honest. If you actually look at Stephen King's It, the killer comes back, the clown comes back at 30 years. Every 30 years. In the 60s, in the, they would have came back in the 90s. That's the way I looked at it. But now, you actually have to think about it differently. So, you would actually have to put these characters in the 80s to where it would be present day, which would be 2019. And, therefore, they would be around 30 years old, which is about my age. And then you would actually put them in the part two, which they were actually doing and let the characters interact with the way they're doing it. That's the way that I look at it. But 
like I said, I enjoyed Stephen King's It. Another thing is, too, people say, oh, I don't like remakes. Did you know The uh, Departed was actually a remake? That was actually a, a movie that was actually overseas. And it was not called The Departed. It was called Eternal Affairs. And the Eternal Affairs was actually a subtitled movie. It's just that Martin Scorsese decided to go on ahead and remake it into a U.S. version of it and called it The Departed and put Leonardo DiCaprio and Jack Nicholson in it as uh, the mob boss and Leonardo DiCaprio and, Be- and playing an undercover cop trying to catch him. And also you also have Matt Damon as a cop who's also tied in with the Irish mob with Jack Nicholson's character. To me, I love that movie. And I've also seen Eternal Affairs, and I like that movie too. To me, you can like both, depending on how the pacing goes, the plot goes, everything else goes. But sometimes I feel like that some remakes are unnecessary, and reboots are totally sometimes unnecessary. Prime prime example of that is the Men in Black international movie that came out. Then you also have a couple of other bad reboots that came out. And it's always someone's kid. There's nothing new. There's nothing fresh. They're always thinking of, hey, let's put somebody's kid in there. Yeah, that'll definitely amplify it. Yeah, we'll go on in and put that in instead of thinking of something fresh. To me, that's something I just ne- never really got the whole entire grasp on is just putting somebody's kid in there, grandson in there, uncle, uncle in there, nephew. I don't care. I, I'll The sky's the limit. But make it at least an original movie, original concept. And another thing, too, that this is why I didn't go out and see Men in Black International. It's a soft reboot, which also means that you can actually mention Will Smith's characters. And you can also do some of the things that Will Smith did in the very first uh, movie. And, I, for example, Don't Touch the Red Button. What does the character do in the reboot on the trailer? Press the red button. The same thing. Same rehash of what we already saw in the Men in Black movie. The very first Men in Black movie. And to me, you don't need to do that. You really don't need to do that. Another thing too is, I'm also going to use another example that I never understood this concept. The Dark Phoenix. You made Days of Future Past. So you can forget about The Last Stand. What do you do? Fox thought, hey, let's go on ahead. Let's make a Dark Phoenix movie. Maybe we can make it better. Why are you going to travel back in time, reboot what you did, and then re- and then you're going to go on ahead and do the same thing that you did in The Last Stand that didn't even work? And that doesn't even make any sense at all. For you, those of you who actually did see the movie, let me know if that actually made sense or not. Because to me, as a, as a fan of the X-Men, I love some of the X-Men movies and stuff like that. Some of them, eh-eh. But still, I never grabbed that concept of why they even did that in the first place. Because I felt like there was no need of even thinking about doing that. There was no need to do this. And I and matter of fact, during that time, this is what I always said. Continuity, schmottinuity. That's all they care. They don't care about the continuity of their stuff. Because you know why? The X-Men movies were making money because of the fact that it's an X-Men movie. It's a comic book based movie. And they know what they have. That's the thing. And every single person went out and saw an X-Men movie. This one, on the other hand, I'll even say this. Even X-Men Apocalypse, for a prime example. I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit. I know that I'm changing maybe a little bit of the subject matter. But, you know, it's also the same thing where 
you know, it felt like the characters just got out of bed, said a couple of lines, went back to sleep, and that was the movie. Didn't feel no emotion, nothing whatsoever, and it, it, it didn't do that well with me. There were some things that I liked, some things I didn't like, but as for a positive movie thing, no. But back to what I'm saying about remakes and sequels and stuff like that and reboots. Rebooting something is fine. There's some reboots that I'm going to go see. There's some that I'm not going to go see. They're not forcing me to go see it and everything. So I don't really care because I can actually make my own choices on what I want to go see. No one's pulling a a gun on my head saying, hey, you need to go on ahead and see this movie or else I'm going to blow your brains out. For example, another example was the new Child's Play movie. Mark Hamill is in this is playing the voice of Chucky. And I did not like the plot line. I don't care who you put in there as the voice. Don't get me wrong, I love the original voice actor of Charles Lee Ray. But in uh, in Chucky. But here's the thing. The plot on paper does not sell me. He's a smart robot. Smart doll that kills people. Ooh, and there's a hacker that, that that hacks into the doll, and he goes on a killing spree, and Mark Hamill's the voice of Chucky. Sorry, Mark Hamill does not put butts in the seat. Chucky puts butts in the seats. And if you're not sold on the doll, the way it looks, the way it does everything that it's supposed to do, and if you're not sold on the plot, you're going to flatline. And my honest thoughts is this. I didn't like the fact that it was a smart doll or anything like that. I did not like that concept. But everybody's like, oh, Mark Hamill's in it. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I'm like, I just looked at him like, dude, Mark Hamill can do. I love I love Mark Hamill. I love Mark Hamill to death. But plot line, no. Didn't grasp me one bit. Didn't make me excited. Didn't make me want to go and see it. No one made me go and see it. There's no reason to even complain on Facebook or whatever. I'm not going to go see this movie. Guess what? No one's telling you to go see it. That's the beauty of it. You don't have to go see the stupid movie if you don't want to see the stupid movie. No one's making you go see any movie. You choose to go see the movie. You choose to go ahead and put your money into it and go and see it. Not not me, not anyone else, but you. You are responsible for your own individual self. And until somebody owns up to that, instead of blaming other people, that's what you have to look at. And yes, maybe the trailer might have sold you a little bit too. And that's also put money into the pockets of the studio. But still, you have your own agenda. You have your own mind to make up if you're going to go see something or not. And that's something that you have to actually think about. Um, but anyways, I've been harping on this a little too long. But I just feel like it was just one of those things that I just felt like I had to talk about. As a matter of fact, you know, when I asked my friends what I should talk about. And that's one of the things that they wanted me to talk about. And I can go on forever talking about this. Because I believe when you reboot or remake something over a period of time... And it's a sequel, you're going to lose that flavor. You're going to lose whatever that brought you into it in the first place. You're not going to have that same concept or anything. And pretty much, 
the hype is going to die, and no one's going to go out and see it. And that's just how I view it. Take it as it is. That's just my opinion. Um, But anyways, another thing I want to get on base with is the live-action Disney remakes and multicultural casts. First of all, I love the fact that they're going... With uh, with different casting choices and everything. Instead of it being all white, it's all now different cultures. You have Mexicans. You have like you have different types of cultures mixed in. It shows diversity, and I love diversity when it comes to certain things, because I believe that anybody can do a good enough job that somebody else can do, and it doesn't matter on race. It doesn't matter on gender. It doesn't matter on anything because I believe everybody else can do a great job. And that's just the way I look at it. I've never been the type of person that, oh, that person should not be playing this character because he's white or he's black or he's Asian or whatever. Who cares? As long as the fact that they're not changing the character to benefit the character's race and they're keeping all the original stuff the same, that's all I care about and everything. Let me give you an example for this. Fantastic Four. They changed the origin story to benefit the character rather than keep the origin story the way that it needed to be and everything. That was one of my pet peeves about that. But anyways, live action Disney remakes, I cannot wait for The Lion King to come out. That's on my top list. I liked the Latin movie. I liked what Will Smith did with the genie. He made it his own. He didn't represent uh, anything that Robert Williams did, there was like little small nods, but it wasn't forced. That's just my opinion and everything. You can actually read the review on my movie page and everything for the full review on that. Because I had low ex, my fiance and I both had low expectations even going into this movie. We're like, I don't know if I'm going to like this or not. We're going to have to take a look. We like that movie. I, matter of fact, I actually like what Aladdin is doing. And then um, what Disney is doing with some of their live action movies. And... Then I have to question some of the other stuff, though, like the Mulan. They want to go more of a serious route without Mushu. The music and everything else is going to be in the background. There's not going to be any singing. <sighs> to me, it's not Mulan unless you have Mushu. And having a phoenix in there that does not talk to Mulan doesn't do anything for me because I love dishonor on you, dishonor on your family, dishonor on everybody. I know I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that's what I actually liked about the Mulan movie and animated movie. But this, on the other hand, does not excite me. I know I said this before. I know I'm repeating myself, but if you haven't, um, if you haven't watched, uh, listened to that episode and everything, I recommend it. Is in the uh, Joker topic uh, of that whole entire segment, but. It's actually in there because I actually did other topics besides the Joker. But that's just my own personal take on it is the fact that I like I like the some of the live action stuff that they're doing. I like the Beauty and the Beast movie. I liked from for me personally, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, and let's see. Well, I didn't see Cinderella, so, excuse me, but I cannot, in The Jungle Book, there we go, I got three movies that I remember that I saw, but there's The Jungle Book, there's, there's the Aladdin movie, and then there's Beauty and the Beast, and then soon to be, The Lion King, but other than that though, that's the only three movies that I like so far, 
I'm hoping the Lion King is good. I like John Favreau. I like what he did with the Lion King uh, from the trailer aspect. They have the, all the original songs in it. They might actually have maybe one or two songs that might be different. I, have to, I can't remember the whole entire thing that I reported a while back. But there's also a couple of songs that are not going to be in it. And I'm kind of sad that they don't have Scar song in it. But, hey, maybe it doesn't work out as well as an animated film from an animated uh, film's perspective to a live-action film perspective. But still, I'm still excited to see it. That doesn't take me away from not seeing it. But even if I do have negatives, I put all my negativities aside, and I've watched the movie for what it is. All my fan theories are gone. Everything else is gone. I'm just in there to watch the movie and make sure that this movie is the best movie that I think that it can be. But... You know, the multicultural cast and everything is just perfect. Like I said, I feel like anybody can play any character. Unless that character has a... Unless the director is looking for a specific person or anything like that. That's where I draw the line on that part. But, you know, like I said. For example, Edris Elba. For example. he He's a great actor. He's one of my favorite actors. He played Roland in the Stephen King's... Uh, gunslinger movie and to me I lo- the dark tower and you know to me I always said this to my friend D too that I'm glad that they put him in there because it shows diversity it shows that any got- person can actually play this character same thing goes with James Bond I feel like that just because we saw a white person play James Bond all the time does not mean that he has to be white all he has to do is be British has a sex appeal and do what he does. That's just my opinion. And then, back over to what I was saying about the gunslinger, same thing. He never, even in the Stephen King books, they never even try to say what race he was. He just saw himself as a gunslinger, so therefore he can be any race he can be. And that's the way I look at it. And then, even in the comic books, I know he's white, but still, that's just an adaption to what the comics are and everything, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he has to be white. And the same thing goes with Disney movies and everything. Just because we saw Ariel as a white person does not mean that she can't be black or any other color of any kind of nationality. I feel like that, you know, like I go back to the Greek mythology thing that I mentioned before. She can, since it goes back to Greek mythology, you can actually have someone that that's a different race. And I know that there's a book that's that the animated was actually based off of, which is The Little Mermaid, and it was in Denmark. But, you know, I just look at it through a different type of perspective. And that doesn't necessarily make me wrong or anything. I just think that there's different ways of handling things that instead of reacting, sometimes I feel like we as human beings just need to take, take, a, take a step back and be like, whoa, you know, maybe maybe I'm overanalyzing this. Maybe I shouldn't be as hard as I am or anything. Maybe I should actually give something a shot even though I think that this movie might not be that great. Because all movies are subjective. And just because that we might not see something right away on something, maybe we might actually have low expectations. And we go in there and we love the movie like I did with Aladdin. I even did that with Live, Die, and Repeat, which is Edge of Tomorrow. I was thinking that I'm going to see what what Tom Cruise always does. Go in there. I'm a big, tough guy. I'm going to go ahead and take out the aliens. No, I said, instead, I watched it, 
and oh my god, I love the movie. I like the uh, the transition transition that he went through to get to the point where he's actually a badass. That's what I liked about it. But still, live action Disney remakes does not bother me. Live action stuff does not bother me what Disney does. Remakes don't bother me. Reboots don't bother me. There's other new fresh takes that they can do if they can actually expand on it, if they choose to do so. The only thing that I ask them not to do is don't remake or reboot uh, Back to the Future because I actually loved all three Back to the Future movies. But anyways, with that being said, I'm probably going to end up ending this segment right now. But I'd like to actually know what you guys' views are and everything on this whole entire subject. Because I actually had fun talking about this subject. I might actually talk about this again in a part two episode. So anyways, tell me what you guys think. Because I'm, I have this drive in me right now to where I, I just don't want to slow down doing podcasting. Because I'm having such a blast with it. I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. My passion is there. More passion than what I had when I was doing YouTube videos. I feel like sometimes I'm just talking to myself just to see where this thing is going to go. But man, I just love talking movies, doing movie news with everybody, doing these topics with people. It just makes me feel like I'm talking in front of a virtual water cooler right now at my workplace. Just talking about movies and what I think about certain topics regarding the entertainment industry. So anyways... I'm going to sign off on this, and I am going to try and get a Spider-Man Far From Home review up. I'm going to try and get an Annabelle review up soon, and it's going to be here on the podcast. It's all going to be spoiler-free, so you don't have to worry about that. I just did the spoiler movie, uh, not movie, but TV review for Stranger Things Season 3 because of the fact that everybody can actually binge it, so therefore it's easy to binge and then come into my show and be like, okay, we'll give this a shot. So anyways, until next time, bye-bye.